uh, I have a very special guest who's going to be joining me on stage today. Where is she at? Yes. Can we, can we just celebrate Aaliyah this morning? We have some very talented young people in our midst. And so this morning, uh, we just thought that it would be awesome if she could just paint uh, while I'm preaching. And so we just, we love engaging culture and, and, um, and, and dealing with art. And so I thought that it would be awesome. Can we just give her some more encouragement as she comes today? So as I'm talking, uh, she's, going to, she's going to paint and it's going to be a blessing. High fives for you. Here we go. Boom. We're going to deal with what is known as a very familiar passage of scripture. In fact, I want us to just go to John chapter 3 verse 16. Some of you can quote it. For some of you, this is new to you. Either way, let's jump in. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then I love this part. I love this part. This one, Look at what this says in verse 17. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to do what? To condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Then verse 18, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Man, those are some heavy words, some of the most powerful words that we will ever read. You know, there's a, there's a story of a young boy, and this young boy, his parents told him over and over, I'm not going to call his name, but they said, stop running around the pool. Have any of you ever heard that before? Stop running around the pool. He decided, you know what, just as any uh, regular kid would do, that even though mom and dad say stop running around the pool, guess what he decided to do? Run around the pool. Thank you for paying attention. And so he was running around the pool, and as you can imagine, he's running. And one day, uh, when he snuck out the back door and he was running around the pool, he slipped. Someone say he slipped. He slipped and he fell in the water. And it was a horrible thing that transpired that took place there. He fell in the water and he began to sink. And he was on his way to the bottom. And it was to the place where he was considered drowned. No one was around. No one was there to save him at that time. What a tragic event. What a horrible thing that happened. But then... But then, but then, there just happened, dad happened to be glancing out the window and, and saw and saw that this young boy, that his body was floating at the top. And so dad runs out and he plunges in. Little boy, he's gone. He can't save himself. He's, he's, he's drowned. And daddy runs in and daddy plunges in and daddy comes and he grabs him and he pulls him off to the side and he, he pulls him out and he puts him on the ground and, and he begins to do CPR on his, on his son, on his, 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 his only son, his son, uh, his son that was disobedient, but nonetheless, he loved his son. He didn't want his son to die. And so he, 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 he continued cardiopulmonary resuscitation. And he's pressing and he's pumping his chest and he's blowing and he's, and, and, and it seemed like it was hopeless at first. But 
Suddenly his son begins to cough. He begins to cough and, and coughs up the, the water that was there. And his, his heart begins to beat again. And the, and the pulse begins to come back. And, 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 and he's rejoicing because his son is now alive. But the fact of the matter is that, that the son, the son, this happened to him and, and he was in this, this position of death and he could not save himself. But this father rescued him and gave him life. And guess what happened? Now the father and the son, they're like, you know, and I, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but, uh, you know, in Caribbean culture, we say stuff like bati and bench. Uh, and what that means... <laughs> And what that means is that you're really close with somebody. Uh, and, and what took place is that father and son, they got so close. And the son is so thankful because his, because his, his father rescued him when he, was, when he was dead. His father rescued him when he was drowning. He did not, he did not let him die in that moment. Some, some of you today, that story rings home because you may know someone that that happened to. But this story truly, this story truly is the, the story of each and every. Every single one of us. When we think about our positioning, when we think about who we are, we usually see ourselves as individuals who are, you know, who come into this world and we have this choice and we do whatever it is that we want to do. And then we just get to a place where, you know, one day we just say to ourselves, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to give my life to Christ and yay, and this is going to be fantastic. How many of you know today that you and I, when we are born, we are born dead in sins. Somebody say dead in sin. Dead in sin. What do I mean by this? Now, now some of you are saying, well, well, Pastor Drew, I'm alive. When I was born, I was alive. They smacked me and I started crying. And so I was, I, I must have been alive. You know what part of you was dead when you were born? Somebody say your spirit. When you are born, your, your, your flesh is alive, but we are born spiritually dead. We are born sinking deep in sin. You know, there's a song that I love, this song. Uh, it says, I was sinking deep in sin. Who knows that? Far from a peaceful shore, yeah, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. And then this part says, but then the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe and by. Yeah, God, I felt that right there. Love lifted me, but that's that I'm, I'm giving it away. So I'll stop there for now. But this is our story. We are sinking deep in sin when we are born. In fact, uh, in fact, David says in Psalm 51 verse 5, he says that he was born in sin and that he was shaped in iniquity. I want you to understand that God, that every single one of us, since we're talking about Easter and so we can understand this concept of Easter like that boy that was drowned in the water this is how we are spiritually we are born in sin sin is not just something that we do but sin is who we are when we are born aside from christ sin it separates us from god it came into our life because of the errors of our first parents adam and eve someone say adam and eve 
And so just like some of you have certain habits that came on to you and certain things that passed on to you because of your grandmama and because of your grandfather and there are things that they did that pass on generationally. This is the way that sin is for each and every single one of us. We are born in sin. We are shaped in iniquity. And this is the case outside of who, outside of our actions. This is why no one has to teach you how to sin. This is why I don't have to go to Claire and say, hey, Claire, when I tell you don't do that, go and do it. I don't have to tell that boy that kept running around the pool when his parents told him not to. He didn't. His parents didn't have to say, when I tell you not to run around that pool, Billy, go and run around that pool. okay?" Because sin is something that we inherited. And this is why there is so much devastation in the world. But I'm so glad for the good news. Somebody shout good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're here today. Uh, the good news. The good news is uh, that we read in verse in John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. I want you to understand. I want you to realize that when we were when we were in sin and when we were stranded and like that boy we were floating in the water because we were sinking deep in sin that God that God decided that he was going to come on our behalf and die in our place and die for our sins he would take on our punishment and the penalty on our behalf and I want you to understand this that God is not a reactive God point number one I want you to understand say God is not reactive can I show you something? Keep your finger in John chapter 3. I want to go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. Because see, we've ended up in John chapter 3 verse 16. And we were looking and we were talking about how God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. But I want you to look at from the beginning of time, right after Adam and Eve fell. Look at John chapter 3 and we're going to the 21st verse, if you will. And in fact, let's go from verse 20. It says, the man called his wife name Eve because she was the mother of all living and the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins someone say garments of skins and clothe them you know what happened right there this was right after Adam and Eve had fallen right after they had disobeyed God right after they fell into sin they are in a position where they are where they where where they need a sacrifice to be made but the fact of the matter was that because they had now been in error because they were in a place where they had fallen because they were in a place where they were broken they could not pay for their own sins and so we find that look at what God does God this is the first place we see and theologians would assume that God killed an animal and covered them in their clo in clothing God covered them in clothes so that, so that, uh, to, to represent the fact, because right before this, how many of you have seen those pictures of Adam and Eve covering themselves in leaves? How many of you? Have you ever seen that? You know, and usually in those pictures of them naked, uh, there's usually some sort of fig leaves or something that's, that's, uh, that, that's covering them. And so that comes from uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 7. It says, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. 
This happened after they were they sinned and they sewed fig leaves together. Somebody say fig leaves and made for themselves loincloths. So in that moment, Jessica, what was happening was that they were attempting to make loincloths to cover their own position that they were in. They sewed those fig leaves together in an attempt to cover themselves from God. But then God, later on, we see in verse 20 that God, God gets some animal skins and God clothes them. Oh man, that's some deep stuff right there, y'all. Because you know what that's letting us know? God was communicating to Adam and Eve from Jump Street. He was saying, listen, y'all are going to try to put stuff together to fix your own problems. Come on. But the things that you do to fix your own problems, they're only a temporary fix. And God was prophesying to them. This is at the beginning of the Bible. God is prophesying that a day would come when they would not have to work their own salvation out. But by him getting those uh, animal skins and covering them he was saying i was going to show up and i'm going to cover you and that's some good news for somebody today who showed up and you feel like your sin you feel like your condition you feel like the things that you're facing because see there's sin as a condition right but then there are things that are as a result of sin somebody say the result of sin so sin is the root sin is the condition but then as a result that's where depression comes from as a result that's where suicidal thoughts come from as a result that's where poverty and bondage comes from as a result that's where all of these things happen and come from there's the root of sin but then there's the fruit of sin but the good news the good news uh, is that jesus is not caught by surprise remember point one god is not reactive jesus was not caught by surprise god is not there god didn't have to pull up google and try to search what the options were to take care of the scenario god decides he says i have a plan in place i am going by him by him killing those animals and covering them he was pointing forward to when jesus would come and when jesus would die for the sins of the world when he would love us so much that he would not leave us man i'm here to tell you like i said no matter what you are facing today god is not caught by surprise in fact look at somebody and give them a high five tell them neighbor come on tell them with some volume say neighbor oh neighbor your problems can't throw god a surprise party Come on, somebody. In fact, look at somebody else. Tell them, your problems won't catch God by surprise. It don't matter what you're facing. Sin is a prime example that God, even though Adam and Eve had sinned and had fallen and they had done what God had told them not to do, that God had a plan in place to take care of whatever it was that they were going to face in the coming generations. And the beautiful thing is that just as the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, that sin passed through Adam and Eve unto all men. Come on, somebody. That through Jesus Christ, that the grace of God and the life of God that it would pass through Jesus unto all who would put trust and faith in him somebody say that's good news and I'm getting excited I'm getting excited because see see that's 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 why that's why you need to understand that Easter is more than just about some Easter bunnies you know uh, I like those little candy eggs but them did they, they did not sacrifice 
sacrifice their lives on my behalf come on somebody i love easter egg hunts and those are cool and my kids can go and find easter egg hunts and do all of that stuff but at the end of the day it's not a easter is not about an easter bunny but it's about a savior a god who decided that when mankind was in sin and when mankind was dead in sins that he would leave heaven leave this position of being high and mighty and decide to put on flesh and to come down to the earth instead of making us do it ourselves that he would give his life and die on our behalf so that we could be cured from this sin disease somebody ought to shout amen so god is proactive god is not reactive he's not just sitting here waiting to see what you're going to do and then he's decide no it was set in place go back to john chapter 3 and i love this uh and i talk a lot about this in our church because i believe that the body of christ today is not known as much for what they are for come on somebody uh you if you talk to christians or when you think of christians if you go and ask someone just take a census they'll be like you know what are christians for more than likely to be like i have no clue but then they'll tell you they don't like homosexuals they don't like uh they don't like whoremongers and some people we don't even know what whoremonger means but we know that christians are against it they don't like this they don't like that you know they can't go out to the movies they can't do this or they can't how many of you ever heard stuff like that and so we we always are known most of us are known for what we are against but i want you to know this morning can i just inspire somebody's faith on this morning to let you know that god is for you more than you know it can i just let you know that god decided to die for your sins before you could do anything do you know that god decided to come to this earth and to take your punishment before you even did anything in this earth can i just talk to somebody this morning to understand that you are so loved god so loved the world he so loved you and he so loves you that he came and that he died on your behalf this is that which changes hearts and changes lives it's the love of God that changes hearts and changes lives. And so, uh, so this, is, this, is, this is what he's saying in the text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life. And then I love what he says in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Many of us, see, we usually stop at verse 16. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus, Jesus did not show up. And you might hear me say the word judgy pants a lot. Jesus didn't show up with his judgy pants on. He didn't show up for the purpose of saying, you're in violation, you're in violation, you're in violation, and you're in violation, and you're in violation. That's not his purpose. He showed up because it is already concluded that we are in violation, that we are against what God has called us to be because of sin. But the beautiful thing is, he showed up not to tell us what we... Don't you hate when people tell you stuff you already know? Anybody else know people like that? It's like, I know that I, you know, like sometimes you're just trying to slip under the radar. It's like, you know that the button broke on your pants and you're just trying to like, you're just trying to hide. You're just trying to like keep the one shirt wing just over it so they can. And then they just walk up like, hey man, do you see that you're, you're, you're flying low brother. 
And it's like, yo, man, I've been trying. I'm trying to hide this thing. I'm trying to fly under the radar. And then, you know, don't you think, man, most people who are far from God, most people who are not in relationship with the Lord, you don't have to tell them that. You don't have to tell them, oh, do you know that your life is broken? Do you know that your life sucks? Do you know that, you know, it would be better if you were not in that relationship with that person? Can I, can I just keep it real this morning? You know, and don't you know, we, we, we often, uh, you know, they know these things. And so the fact of the matter is that yes, we have to stand for something, but in our approach of connecting with people, Jesus's approach, Jesus, can I just tell you, Jesus was so down to earth that he came down to earth. And we who were born on this earth can't be down to earth. We got to act like we so high and mighty and we the best thing since sliced bread. When God decided a king, the creator of heaven and earth, he would come to the earth and that he would jump on a cross and humble himself as Philippians chapter 2 says. But we want to walk around all sedity and oh, I don't do that. You know, we Christians, we don't do that. Ooh, I don't talk to them and we put up our nose and see some of y'all looking. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know exactly what I'm talking about. God has not called us to walk around with our judgy pants on. If Jesus didn't show up to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, then we have no right to be individuals that walk around and do the same. Can I tell you that it's the love of God that transforms lives? I have seen some of you today who are here and we're getting ready to have a baptism, our very first baptism on April 30th. I'm excited about that, y'all. Woohoo! And many of those of you who are participating in that baptism, the reason why you're getting baptized, some of them, they'll tell you, I came to this place and I was a mess, but people didn't go out of their way to point that out. They pointed me, they showed me love, they welcomed me, and as a result, I I felt the embrace of Christ and I came to a place of transformation. And that's the place, man. Church should be a place where people who are broken, that they can show up and that they can experience the love and transforming power of God. Man, do we, let let me just ask you, can I ask you a question? When we go to the hospital, when people show up in the hospital, wouldn't wouldn't we be looking crazy if when people showed up at the hospital, we were like, you're sick, you can't stay here. Wouldn't that be crazy? Get out of here, you're sick. You're bleeding. Your leg is broken. This hospital is for well people. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be insane? Because the purpose of the hospital is so that people who are broken, that they can come and that they can receive bandages, that they can come and that they can receive healing. And there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of hospitals that are framing themselves as hospitals, but people are showing up broken and all their, they have a greater realization of their brokenness, but they have not met the solution. Come on somebody. But I'm here to tell you, baby, that the church is supposed to be a place where you can come and you can receive the love of God even in your broken place man I want a messy church I want a church where people come and there's our limbs broken off and there's people who are just bleeding out and there are people who are a mess you know why you want you don't want to know why I want a church like that 
because I know a savior come on somebody I serve a risen savior who's in the world today and I know that he is risen no matter what men may say and I'm here to tell you because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know who holds my future life is worth that's the God that I serve and that God is in this house and in order for people to experience life change we have to accept them and open our doors to broken people you might be broken welcome home because we believe we believe that this is a place where you are able to receive transformation and that God wants to be with you and have you he says he did not come to condemn the world but he he said that uh, that the world would be saved through him and you know when I bring this thing to bring this plane down for a landing I just love the fact you know because this is this is the thing here first Corinthians chapter 15 it says some really awesome stuff and it's all around the resurrection of Christ and I just want you to understand as we as we come to a close today that this is the reason why we are Christians you know this is why we are celebrating Easter so I've talked to you about how God is a proactive God God is not reactive and I've told you how God did not come to condemn the world that was not the purpose but that the world through him might be saved but I also want to tell you this today look in first Corinthians chapter 15 uh, it says here if you will it says in verse uh, 12 of 1 Corinthians 15 says now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead come on everything is bearing on the resurrection someone say everything in fact I need y'all to shout it say everything everything is bearing on Jesus's resurrection everything is bearing on that first Easter over 2,000 years ago where we celebrate Christ rising from the dead look at what it says he says if if how can some of you say that there's no resurrection from the dead but if there be no resurrection in verse 13 from the dead uh, then not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain if Jesus, if Easter did not happen, then all of this would be a waste. There are some people who say they're Christians, but they're like, you know, that resurrection thing, I don't really know about it. You know, I'm not too sure about it. If you are a Christian, that means that your faith is not just in the death of the Lord. Because see, so it's easy for us to believe that Jesus was crucified, but it also, it rests assured in the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. In fact, somebody say, he got up. I heard a little tune in there too. Y'all about to make me run. And he said, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Verse 18, 15 says, we are even found uh, to be misinterpreting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he, uh, whom he did not raise. It, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Verse 16 says, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been, not, uh, has been raised. And verse 17 says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So the resurrection 
it is everything. It means everything. All of these songs that we sing, if the resurrection is not real, then it's a waste of time. All of the Bible that we read, all of the shouting that we do, all of the gathering that we do, it's a waste of time if the resurrection is not real. And I love it. You need to go and read this chapter when you get a chance because it talks about how over 500 people saw Jesus after he had risen from the dead. When you get a chance, write down 1 Corinthians 15 and go back and read the whole chapter. Over 500 people saw him. It wasn't just like Jesus and his 12 disciples. No, there were people. And then even when Paul wrote this, he said many of them were still alive at that time. There is, it was verifiable that Jesus indeed had risen from the dead. And the beauty of this is he ultimately says that if, it was not, if he is not risen, then it is a waste of our time. And can I tell you, I'm just bringing this plane down for a landing, but this is my favorite day of the year. And it's my favorite day of the year because it reminds me, it's a reminder. Sometimes we forget what it's all about, but it reminds me about the greatest miracle of all time. Come on, somebody. Uh, this miracle is a greater than Jesus opening physically blind eyes. This, this miracle is greater than Jesus healing cancer. This miracle is greater than Jesus raising the dead. This miracle is greater than any of these things this miracle is that god he came to this earth and guess what the cross was the cash register uh, yeah 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 and his blood was the payment but it didn't stop there the resurrection was the receipt let me say that again. The cross, you can, you can tweet that. The cross was the cash register. The blood was the payment. And the re resurrection was the receipt. Come on, somebody. And so you want to know if people want to know, Tosh, if they want to know why is it that we are in a position that we are able to have peace? Come on. I, here's my receipt, and it's called resurrection. If they want to know why is it that I can be free from depression and free from mental bondage, here's my receipt it's called resurrection if they want to know why I can come out of that abusive relationship that's been holding me bound and holding me back here's my receipt it's called resurrection it's all made possible because Jesus rose from the dead who's with me on this morning that's some good news and you know it's the most embarrassing thing when you buy all your stuff, you know, and, and this has never happened to anybody, you buy your stuff, you know good and well, you paid, you swipe your card, you gave them your cash, and you walk it out, and it always happens at Walmart. Beep, 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 And then you stop, and you're like, should I go back in? Should I keep on going? Am I the only one that's ever happened to? And you're like, you don't know what to do, but you know that if they were to show up, come on, somebody, that if they were to show up and say, hey, man, you stole this thing. You, 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 you walking out with merchandise that you didn't pay for. You'd be able to pull out your receipt and say, hey, look, this is my receipt. This is my proof of purchase. Come on, somebody this morning and see the devil has been coming after some of you guys. And even after some of you will get give your life to the Lord, the enemy will come after you and try to say, hey, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve that. Beep, 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 beep. You deserve less than that. You deserve to be broken. You deserve to be in this type of relationship. You deserve to be a side chick. You deserve to be in a position. Can I just keep it real on this morning? And then beep, 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 and you say, guess what? 
devil guess what over 2,000 years ago a man named Jesus came to the earth and he was bruised from my iniquities come on he took the chastisement of my peace when they were whipping him with a cat of nine tails with seat broken bone attached to it ripping flesh chunks out of his back when they pushed that crown of 72 thorns into his head can I just talk about the gospel this morning when they took when they pushed it in his head when they pierced him in his heart sack and blood and water came gushing out and spilling onto the ground when they stretched him wide on the cross nails in his hands and nails in his feet and he hung his head and he died he took all of that and that was when he paid Jesus paid it all somebody say Jesus paid it all and when it was all said and done now he left me with the receipt I just want you to remember that look at in fact look at somebody tell them I got my receipt yeah come on tell them and whenever the devil met I got my receipt come on and so today I'm done I'm done I'm done I hope this was a blessing to you I just wanted to remind you around the resurrection why it is that we gather the the, the purpose of it you know it's all about God rescuing us God is not reactive God is not reactive God is not condemnative. He didn't come to condemn the world, but through the world. And, and, and he rose from the dead, leaving us a receipt. 